Now tuning in to Earbud Media, audio for everyone. Our new intro. Our new intro. Can somebody? Oh my god! I'm gonna ask Eli to, to like turn that into just like a fucking EDM hit, <laughs> just like a repeat yeah. it over and over again, boost it up. Just make sure that that is right before the bass drops. Cause like, listen, Lee Newton telling the listeners. Into the toilet, get ready, baby. That's like the whole show. That's, That's the whole thing. We could play <laughs> that for an hour over and over, and that would be it. I want her to be our, like, our clip, like, saying that before we come out on stage for our <laughs> Right, live yeah, shows. introducing us. Yeah. Yep. Just paying Lee Newton to say that one line yeah. <laughs> before we come out for live shows. Lee, would you accept millions of dollars? <laughs> I will give you anything. Oh my god, okay. That reminds me. So, everyone, shut up. Um, okay. <laughs> so, I don't know if you knew this, but I was in New York this past weekend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm now well, a cultured. big city girl now, so... <laughs> First of all, I live in Seattle, so, like, yeah. I mean... Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, New York's a it's the Pacific fucking... Northwest. It doesn't really count. There's still like aliens and a weird ambiance that really covers the whole thing. That's true. Yeah, there's like mountains here, so yeah. Um... So automatically, <laughs> it's it's a little bit weirder, a little bit more spooky. I went to go see a couple of Broadway shows, and at the end, they were like, "We're gonna do our spiel for Broadway Cares." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Cool, cool, cool, love it." Um, at when they were doing the <laughs> after the prom. They were like, if you donate five dollars or more, you get this pride flag and also a bag of Cheetos. And the whole cast was like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> and I was like, yo, I could really fuck with a bag of Cheetos right now. <laughs> it worked. Did you get it? Yeah. yeah Hell it yeah. Hell yeah. But I was just like, yo, that's so good. That's such no, a, it's good- a good idea. That's how you get people to donate for things, because people will be like, yeah, I would love to, like, donate to charity, but, like, they often don't, or, like, when they're given opportunities, they have excuses. But if you're like, hey, if you donate, we'll just, like, toss in a bag of Cheetos. (laughs) That's it. And then, like, after the show, I went down to the bathroom, and when I came back up, I, like, saw quite a few people carrying, like, their little pride flags, and these, you know, like, you buy these you know, the bags of Cheetos. And they're, like, the 25-cent bags, you know, because you get them in those huge packs. And I was like, fuck yeah, I love this. Yeah. So, welcome to Into the Big City. Ooh. Where everything is a cryptid. Yep. And also smells just a little like piss. Just a little. Just a little. It keeps you humble, you know. God bless. (laughs) (laughs) It's something to distract you from the raising rent costs. <laughs> Cost God. Am I God. right, ladies? Am, Am I, I right? right? Cody, how the hell are you doing? I'm all right. I'm just living my truth. I don't really all have right. anything specific to bring to the space right now, but I'm just here in this moment. How's um? How's that supermassive black hole treating you? <laughs> the supermassive black hole is terrifying we actually no this is relevant actually um we had two um astrophysicists on the show that i work at today all right to talk about the fucking black hole because one of them like fucking helped make the telescope that took the picture and it was like all this crazy stuff and they were basically telling us that black holes are terrifying which i already knew but i you know, was not a big fan of, like, having that regurgitated to me again with all of this, be- like, also, like, orchestrated with this beautiful picture that we've seen. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. 
And then one of them used the words, like, what happens when it, like, what happens to someone, like, in a black hole, which, like, we don't know, but, like, we can assume. Um, and one of them said the the word spaghettization <laughs> or spaghettify, um. and it made me want to quite literally jump out of my skin and not be a person anymore. I don't want to know. Like, imagine your limbs just, like, <laughs> like noodles. <laughs> and totally shredding. Like, I hate it. Nope. Oh my god. No, I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. That's a, that's gonna be a hard pass. A hard pass. <laughs> it's the hardest pass. It's been a while since I was in a science class. And by yeah. a while... I mean, I took... <laughs> 400 years. <laughs> yeah. And by that, I mean, I was required to take one science class in my undergrad, and I bitched and moaned about it. <laughs> um, so I took a pharmacy class. Like, I paid about $500 for that class to learn, essentially, that yes. non-branded Tylenol is essentially the same as Tylenol. <laughs> so you're fucking welcome. Thanks, academia. So, like, the last time I took an actual science class <laughs> was in high school. I don't know anything yeah. about anything. Anyways, so... How was your I went... trip to kick Joe Goldberg's ass? Did you do okay. it? So, I wanted to wait until the pod to talk about this. So, I went to New York, first and foremost, to find Joe Goldberg and <laughs> to vanquish the evil. Just fucking rip him a new one. <laughs> Because he's bad at doing murder. He's so yeah. bad at doing murder that he has the TV show about it. And, like, honestly, who does that? You know what I mean? Yeah, come on. Um, Have some respect for yourself. So, I went to all the places. I did all the things. And then I found out that it was a TV show. And that it was all yeah. fake. I'm, I'm sorry that it's, it's taken you this long of us talking about it for you to realize that. I just um, thought that when I clicked out of Netflix that I was stopping time. Because <laughs> I'm a wizard. Because I have powers. and Uh-huh, yeah. Um, but I went to New York anyway, and I I saw Broadway things. Um, oh, okay, here's some things. So I went to go see Network, which is a play. Mm-hmm. For all of you uncultured swines. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> and fucking Tatiana, our beautiful Tatiana from the cloning show or whatever that she's in, was there. And in the play, it was beautiful and perfect. Um, and one of the things that I wanted to talk about with that is right after the show when they were doing... The thing um, with Broadway Cares is that she was out there with all the buckets. Like, they basically treated her like she was fucking one of the, just like one of the -the run-of-the-mill cast and not this, like, fucking Emmy-winning major, like, Tatiana Maslany major people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Anyways, Brian Cranston was in it. He was good. But I was focused on Tatiana Maslany because she's, like great and cool and I like rub shoulders with her as I was leaving I was like excuse me oh god um (laughs) anyways um I don't know I did all the touristy things saw the prom died inside um and also outside of it and uh saw Muse and they I was didn't know most of the songs but like everyone else there loved it they played supermassive black hole I was at full attention um (laughs) because twilight I don't know. It was good. Um, I finally understand everyone's complaints about the MTA. Um, yeah. And how they hate disabled people. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yep, yep, yep. And I saw Subway Rats. And that was a thing. Congratulations. Was, yeah, so I feel... Oh, last thing. And then we'll move on. Um, I did go and see a comedy show. With John Mulaney and Pete Davidson. Oh, wow. And, um, and it was very nice. Very nice. Very um, nice. It was in Staten Island, so it was, like, in Pete Davidson's hometown. He, yeah. like, fucking <laughs> drove there. 
Um, it was a lot. They, because it seemed like John Mulaney was testing out new material, so he had this thing where as soon as you got into the main theater, you couldn't have your phone on, like, before the show and during the show. Uh-huh. And they, like, wouldn't give you any warning. They'll just, like, kick you out. Damn. I know. That's was, intense. Like, super strict. Yeah. And it was. It was super strict. They, like, taped it onto all the chairs. There was, it was, like, everywhere. So, we get there. We're waiting. You know, and there's nothing to do. So, I was like, fuck, I should have brought cards. Um, <laughs> and it, but it was really good. I'd never seen Pete Davidson do stand-up before, other than just, like, on SNL. And he fully admitted to him and his bodyguard taking mushrooms, and so his set was, like, a lot. And he kept saying gurney and then laughing about how funny the word gurney is when you say it out loud. Yeah. Um, and then John Laney was great. Um, everyone jokes about how much he talks about his wife. That did not change during the set. <laughs> uh, he just kept saying his wife over and over again. Yes. And overall, it was a great trip. Yeah, it's great. Would recommend at least going once. Yeah. Go to Staten Island. Yeah, well, <laughs> um, go to go to New York <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So, good things. Did not find Joe Goldberg, but we'll keep looking. Okay. Have relevant current events. Yes, yes, First yes. and foremost is... Our past news. Robert Pattinson watch 2019. Yes. Uh, would you like to share the link that you put on our Twitter? Yes. It's an interview from King of Letterboxd, David Ehrlich, also yes. known as the, the head film critic at IndieWire. Yes. Um, he interviewed our boy, Robert Pattinson, Woo-hoo. about High Life, which we've been talking about for a little bit now. Yeah. Um. It's a very good interview. Like, it's very thorough, and it really goes through, like, his whole kind of career and, like, it's his meaty. process. It's, like, really meaty and great. Um, but the best part about it is the fact that Robert Pattinson vapes, y'all. <laughs> he was blowing and ripping some meaty cotton throughout some this whole thing. serious cotton, my dude. Um, the best line in this piece is... He snuck a drag from his vape pen with ninja-like precision, hiding the device behind the arm of his coat. Oh, And then he just goes into a quote about him talking about acting with his shirt off, which is great. It's just the duality is so very good. I, man... Our pets vapes! Our pets vapes! Our pets vapes! No, but I like that it's confirmed, you know? Yes. The confirmation is, is what I really needed. Yeah. It's so important to me. Thank yeah. you, David, for you. Wow. confirming what we all knew but needed nonetheless. It's so, there's so much in here that we could spend a whole episode digging through this. We're not going to. Yeah. Um, you can do that on your own time. But yeah. I think what I've realized is one, everyone that has seen us movie so far has loved it yes which makes me very excited to see it and two our pets vapes <laughs> and that's Hell. yeah baby and i i think one thing that i need to make clear is obviously i support vaping ironically <laughs> um <laughs> i support vaping as a bit <laughs> yes um but nonetheless i i do find that I I do think I knew that our pets smoked before. Yeah. Um. And I don't know the idea of him just blowing some cotton candy, cotton, just uh, just really does something for the soul. I think. Yeah. Uh. So thank you for that, Indie Wire. I appreciate it. Woo. Um. The next piece of news that we have comes from Pride, which is. Yawn break. This is not about. <laughs> this is not about the content of this. This is this just is the new news. segment we have on um, the show called Yawn Break. Yawn break. This piece comes from Rafi Ermac, um, and it is about Kestu, Laura Dern, and Courtney Love Ugh. starring in the new 
wild story of J.T. Leroy. Oh, this was made for me. <laughs> There's no other explanation. Yeah, this I agree. was made for me specifically and nobody else. <laughs> From the screen cap at the top of this, um, <laughs> it's it's a lot. Right off yeah, the Yeah, fucking Keisu is wearing a wig and sunglasses that make her look straight up of the dirt. If you saw that movie on Netflix, I hope you did. Oh it's not God. good. But yeah, there's some stuff happening here. It is rough. Yeah. The actual movie poster looks very nice. It's good, yeah. Um, and if you're, I don't know, 12 and don't know the story of <laughs> J.T. Leroy... It was basically this, like, fucking hoodwink in the literary publishing world um, where this, like, cisgender woman wrote under a pen name of J.T. Leroy and then she her book got really famous and she basically, like, to keep this fame and this, like, mystery, had someone pretend to be her and also be, <laughs> like, a trans guy who wrote the book. It was, like, so much going on. But, like, everyone, at like, believed it. It was, like, fully, like, J.T. Leroy was, like, this huge thing and people were, like, totally whatever. And it was, like, a total hoodwink when it got figured out that it was all a hoax. It feels like forever ago. Yes. To yeah. me. Um... And as it's mentioned in this Pride piece, there was a documentary that came out three years ago. This movie comes out in theaters as well as on demand and digital um, in just a couple weeks, actually, on April 26th. Yeah. And it it looks promising. Um, I just watched the trailer before this and color me intrigued. Hey. It seems like the the wigs from this clip are intentionally bad, Um, and so (laughs) I have some high hopes. Alright, we have a Patreon question. Ooh! Kelly, Kelly Elliott, asks, in what ways are you, Fifty Shades of Grey, and Twilight, all just variations of Beauty and the Beast? Oh, God. Well, I mean, they're all tales all the time. Am I right? Am I, am I Jesus right? Jesus Christ. Am I right? This feels like one of those um, <laughs> roll the dice memes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like, like a generator. It's like yeah. fucking whatever. Yeah. That's how all of my comedy is produced. Just yep. by a series of die. I mean... I guess you could say that they have some similarities in that yeah. the like the women protagonists have all been done dirty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the, the connection is much clearer in Twilight and Fifty Shades, where you have yeah. this, like, you know, one very kind of dominant dude and this one very submissive woman. Um, and in Twilight, it's, it's a little bit um, more true to form when the the dude is like of supernatural or scary almost quality um but that Mm -hmm. also happens in 50 shades too with christian to an extent um but in real life um you i think has i guess a similar dynamic of the characters but like a, a less intense version of it like a more like digestible version of it yeah um there's a lot of books yeah, there's a lot of books, and as we find out in this episode, um, Joe will absolutely lock her in a clock tower <laughs> and keep her prisoner. <laughs> um, so maybe this is going to just be a Beauty and the Beast retelling. Here's what I will say that they all have in common. What? The side characters? All yeah. more interesting. Oh, yeah. So... That's what I got. That's what I'm bringing to the table. Hell yeah. And that's it. (laughs) But I do like that. I'm sure there is a think piece about it somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I have neither the energy nor... Yeah, actually just not the energy to write it. Um, I see 
in our podcast notes that you have made one of my meh faces <laughs> quite large here. Yeah. Um, so today is our penultimate episode on you, Ooh. season one, which means I should probably uh, think about buying that book at some Ew. point. Uh, <laughs> so this episode, episode nine, is titled Candace. Hmm, I wonder why. <sighs> it's almost like she will play a role. <laughs> huh. If you're wondering where this sideways meh face comes from, it's at the start of this episode when we realize that Joe and Beck are back together. And it's just... Uh, yikes. Um, if I remember correctly, last episode was where, um, Karen and Joe ended things. Um, yeah. And then Joe went and, like, tried to seemingly harm- or harmlessly toss, like, a pebble at Beck's right. window. And just then fuck, just, like, fuck your shit up. Smashed, <laughs> smashed the window. Yeah. Um, Okay. Yeah, so, so they're back in their little honeymoon phase, everything's fine or whatever. Except yeah. it's not, because Joe's getting some really bad nightmares, guys. Yeah, and, like, listen, I get it. I have night terrors. Um, yeah. I, but it doesn't seem like his are, well, I mean, he's having them because of a trauma, but, like, a yeah. trauma he caused, which, guys, um, and... So he's just, like, waking up screaming because of Candace. Yeah. Um, who, at this point, the the show has not said, but has severely hinted that, like, he's killed her. Yeah. Um, and so, during their breakfast, Beck's like, hey, babe, um, who's Candace? Yeah. Why are you talking about her? And... He's like, oh yeah, no big deal, babe. Um, you know Candace. We talked about her before. Things just went bad. I'm still not ready to talk about her yet. Yeah. Uh, and then it seems like from this that Beck is gonna go on like an Ocean's Eleven, Nancy Drew kind of adventure. Yeah. She's she... like, fuck this. I gotta find. I gotta track this lady. Gotta see what's up because this shit is not checking out. Which makes sense because like. She sort of works at Mooney's, but not really. Right. She sort of has an MFA, but, like, not really. Not really. really. <laughs> so She's what sort the of hell a writer, else? but, like, she doesn't really write, so... Yeah, what the hell else is she gonna do with her time? Yeah. Um, so, she seems to be, like, searching for Candace, a.k.a. she goes on Instagram. Yeah. Um, while Joe is still going to this therapist, and that just seems weird to me at this point, but whatever. And I think what I had assumed, I had given the show, like, one last hope. From what we had seen about Candace, I was like, alright, I know that we've seen a little bit of her, but maybe she has, like, some depth to her. And that was giving the show way too much credit. Yeah. Because she's... It was admirable. Like, it was hopeful, and I appreciate that. It was. It was quite hopeful. Because she is just, like, a a complete stereotype, I guess. Her name, the band she's in, which I can't remember the name of the band now. I don't Um, remember either. But it was some sort of, like, literary reference, I think. Um, and it's just this idea of, like, a a promiscuous band, like, a promiscuous singer, band member. It's just, like, okay. But they're smart, because they read books, so. Right. Yeah. It's just, all right, <laughs> I'm over this show. <laughs> yeah. We find out, like, a little bit more about her, but that it, like, I remember that scene before where, um, Joe was talking about, like, Elijah, and she's like, oh, it's just my brother. And then she had, like, flipped her phone over. But we were, find out that Elijah's a, was he a music producer? I yeah. think it was. Yes. 
And so, like, obviously they're doing it. Yeah. Um, and if I remember right, Joe confirms it because she is, like, supposed to go in and, like, play, but she is doing it with him in, like, a car. Yeah. And he's like, rawr, no. <laughs> I'm raw XD. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, oh, I just suck so bad. He's the worst. <laughs> like, Beck has, like, has a confrontation with him. He's like, or Joe has a confrontation with him. It's like, hey, dude, what's, what's going on? And he's just like, fucking bitches, am I right? It's like, whoa, what? <laughs> what is happening? This is just this, like, person you're sleeping with. And he's like, fuck it, am I right? Women, shook. <laughs> You are just an NPC, but you are an awful person. So. Yeah, yes. Goddamn. Because, yeah, he goes to, like, this music producer kind of, like, mixer. Yeah. To confront him, because he's a scorned man, and his feeling was hurt. His one feeling. And what... Okay, so we know that Joe has impulse issues um and like the emotional range of like a teaspoon so but his solution to all this at a party in front of so many people is just to fucking push this dude off a building yeah you know just like a totally cool and rational thing to do in that moment wouldn't you agree yeah, I mean, that that definitely can't backfire. Yeah, no, I see zero negative outcomes. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah. sides point to yes. I just don't understand what could possibly go wrong there. No. Um, the one thing I forgot to mention earlier, but, like, when... Candace and Joe were like in their flirting phase or whatever. Yeah. He gave her a copy of Wuthering Heights. Yeah. Which uh was a little on the nose. Joseph. <laughs> jo- hey. Joe. J- Joseph. <laughs> I miss <laughs> um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I tried to find so much like every place that we went to in New York that had like tourist tchotchkes, um, I tried to find things that had names on them. Yeah. I swear to God, every place, the only things they had were Isabella. Uh-huh. And Jacob. <laughs> and J- Jacob. Um, and Joseph. And yeah. they didn't have any Annas. They didn't have any Edwards. They, like, those are the only names they had. And I was like, all right. It's an interesting throuple you've created. Those are the so only lo- names. <laughs> Those are actually the only three names that they ever had. They only ever offered. Um, and I was I was so pissed by it, too, because Chris, like, would see me spending so much time there. And he was like, what are you? He was like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I see what you're doing. And I he'd point his name, and he's like, see, look at mine. And then he'd, like, try to find mine, and it was always Alexandra. Yeah. And I was like, God, yeah. fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Chris and his Chris name privilege. <laughs> I know. The, like, the name it. that will be on every customizable thing forever. I know. I every like, little so... doodad and keychain. Oh, it's like, you're so annoying. Get out of here. Fucking <laughs> stab. I know. And they, that's what was weird is they would have, like, Chris and Christopher, but they didn't have Christian. I was like, what is, you know what, actually, it's probably for the best. <laughs> oh, my God. What if his name was Chris Gray? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anna. Anastasia Steele, you can call me Chris. Chris Gray. I'm, my name's Chris Gray and I fuck hard. <laughs> my name is Chris Gray and I like to use ropes while I come. I think Chris Gray drinks Monster and he loves fucking super smash brothers hi now you're just describing my boyfriend and that's a little on the nose <laughs> but also i don't know what does christian gray do run a business i guess yeah he also does that but it's like a cool weed business so you're describing um fucking what's the first dude that joe killed oh um uh, benji I almost called him Billy Goat. What the fuck? 
<laughs> yeah. Everyone's favorite side character from you, Billy Goat. <laughs> you remember Billy Goat? He had the watches and the the soda company. <laughs> oh you remember? My God. <laughs> What up? My name is Chris Gray. I don't like to <laughs> fuck with overalls on. And oh also drink God. Mountain Dew Code Red. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm still... Oh, God. Okay. Um, okay. So, the reason why I was talking about Leathering Heights was... Um, there's a part where... I think this is, like, after he kills Candace, which, like, whoops, spoiler. Um, <laughs> but, like, y'all aren't surprised. Yeah, um, you, you saw this coming. They return back to this, like, recurring thing that they've been doing throughout this whole show where he's, like, destroying books. It's like, rawr, I have power. It's a motif. Do you get it? Um, and it was just, like, so much. Because he, like, takes out the part where he dedicated the book to her and replaces it with another page. And it was so awful. extra. Yeah. Um, so, Beck is still trying to find out more about Candace. We see a lot of random people in this episode, including the one woman from, uh, God, Peach's Party. Who was like, hey, Joe, do you remember Candace? And he was like, who are you? Um, and she was like super badass and cool in this episode. She's just like smoking a cigarette in the back of this building. Yeah. Um, doesn't give a fuck. Um, and she ends up leading back to Candace's brother, who's in a mental facility. There's, like, a lot going on here. There's so much. Yep. Um, and finally, Joe and Beck meet up after this long day. And they're like, hey, babe, what'd you do? Oh, what'd you do? And it's like, we're... Um, and Beck finally confronts him and is like, I don't know anything about your ex or your friends. And when I try to find out stuff about your ex, there's nothing to be found. She's nowhere. She doesn't exist... (laughs) Yeah, it's a valid concern, especially because he's said she's in Italy, which, like, mm. um, he's finally like, I don't understand why you're saying this. All you have to understand is that she changed her name when she went to Italy. If you had just searched under that, you would find all this information about her, all of these Instagram accounts, and so... She changed her name, wanted to fucking live her life, whatever. Yeah. And now you're the crazy one. You're the stalker. You're the fucking, like, creepy person. Which And like, that's exactly what he does. Cool. And it's, ugh. It's, yeah, it's so gross. gross. It's like, motherfucker, uh, you've been doing this shit the whole time. This ex- the, yeah. And Beck is only doing it out of... Because there is quite literally no other option because you're not talking to her about it and being honest. Right. And so this is her only choice. And now that she's doing that out of a need, now she's the one who's, like, the weird, creepy stalker. Which is the same shit that happened with, like, walking around the block and, like, you know, whatever. When they weren't together. It's just, like... <sighs> the other thing that he does out of need now because she's kind of like pushing him to is he's like fine you want to see my family here's Mr. Mooney um and he takes back to see Mr. Mooney who is like incapacitated because he's had a stroke Mm -hmm. and to me this seemed like wildly convenient same with Candace's brother yeah um that like they're both incapacitated to like different degrees mm-hmm. um that they can't like provide alibis or like lack thereof I guess right. yeah. for him mm. and so that seemed like super sketchy to me yeah so Beck meets Mr. Mooney and feels like soups guilty and finally um Joe like turns on Beck and is like 
So now that I've made you feel super guilty, there is no Emma Fox. Dun dun dun. <laughs> and she's like, what? I don't, what are you, what are you talking about? I don't understand. So he, they like do this like quick montage about like Beck and creepy. And John Stamos. John Stamos. <laughs> um, and so here's where I had about 17 questions. Yeah. <laughs> we know Beck and John Stamos are having sex. I mean, fine, whatever. Um, but, like, was Beck still seeing him for therapy is my question. <laughs> I can't, I can't believe she was. Because, I, feel like, I mean, <sighs> yeah. Uh, at that point, was she, like, I understand that he's okay, like, breaching this boundary. Right. Do I still want to be, like, so, now that I've had your dick inside me, <laughs> let's talk about my daddy issues. Right. Like, what? <laughs> what are you keeping up the bit for at this point? I think Beck was there fully to just be like, listen, I just want to have sex with you. I feel like there might have been a conversation where John Samus was like, oh, I mean, we can still do our sessions. <laughs> Because he is that kind of therapist. He's just like, fucking, let's just smoke a doobie together and fuck each other and then talk about your familial trauma. Where Beck's just like, I'm just trying to get laid. Please don't also try to get into my head. Please. Thank you. Um, And the second thing that was a focus is like, this is objectively the more interesting part. Why the hell are we not getting more screen time about this? Dude, it was, like, so shoved under the rug. A, it was meant to be, it was, like, drawn out to be such a big fucking thing, right? That, like, Joe was super paranoid about it, and he was, like, really aggressive, and there was, like, whole confrontation about it, and all this shit. And, like, all this build-up for it. And then when we finally realize it's actually been happening this whole time, it's, like, 30 fucking seconds of, like, pictures of them and texts and whatever and, like, clips of them having sex. Like, that's it. Like, yeah. this would have been a, a fucking substantial arc if this were actually written out as, right. as one of them. You know what I mean? It's just, like, it doesn't make any sense to build it up like that and to make it seem like a super tense part of their relationship or factor of their relationship when you just fucking, like, with it when you get to the fucking conclusion, the huge climax of it. It definitely felt like when Joe was having sex with with Beck for the first time, and he just fucking <laughs> blows a load. Yeah. Like, two That's what in. the showrunner did. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, which, yikes on their part, you know what I mean? Sorry. Like, Beck said it was cool, but, like, it wasn't cool. You know what I mean? Cool. It's not cool. So, this is the part in the episode where it's very clear that Beck is in survival mode with yes. her abuser because she is telling him, telling him, him being Joe, mm-hmm. um, that she loves him, right? Yeah. As a method of, like, I need to do something drastic to calm him down. Right, like some sort of damage control. Yeah. Right. And this is, it, like, breaks my heart because you can tell that, like, she does not mean it. She does not feel it. This is meant as, like, I do this or I die kind of thing. Which fucking sucks. Um, But in the moment, it works. And, like, Joe is sated for the moment to, like, chill. Um, Seemingly, they, like, have sex. Like, the night ends. um, And in the morning... (laughs) Oh, God. Um, in the morning, he go Joe go get, goes to get breakfast. Okay. Ah, um, so this is the part where Beck opens the door and fucking finds Paco, because Paco's always outside yeah. on the steps. And it's like, because, okay, I don't remember if we talked about this last episode, but, like, Paco and Joe are not on speaking terms. No, they're not cool, because fucking... Joe fucked up. Yes. You want to talk about why? Well, we kind of talked about it last episode, but, um, like, this whole relationship with with Paco's mom or whatever, and then Joe was supposed to be taking care of him and watching him or whatever, and then he, like, totally dips because he's fucking sleeping with Beck all the time. Right. And he gets fucked over. 
fucking and then, joke. And then fucking Ron comes back and their whole lives are shitty again and it's all fucking Joe's fault because he's the fucking worst and doesn't care about other people. Right. So, they're not on speaking terms, but Paco will talk to Beck. So, Paco <laughs> says, like, um, I don't remember what this is for. Oh, maybe he's talking about stuff that he hides in the bathroom tile. Mm-hmm. But he basically tells Beck, yawn break um that there's a bathroom tile up in the ceiling i think it's above the toilet that you can hide stuff in and of course beck is on this like oceans 11 fucking nancy drew kick she's like hmm interesting um uh i'll be right back paco and fucking joe because he's bad at murder Leaves all of his, like, murder souvenirs in that bathroom ceiling tile. <sighs> and it is so gross. It's... <laughs> it's this, like, black... What I would almost describe as, like, a cigar box. Yeah. And everything's in there. Like, panties... Yeah. Phones. I think, like, we were under the assumption in the beginning that it was just, like, oh, the only thing he's, like, really hiding is Beck's phone, right? Because that's, like, a huge thing in right. the relationship. Um, and, like, all this other shit that, like, he's had of hers has just been, like, shoved under fucking various cushions or whatever. But he, like, brings in this giant box that's full of just, like, everything. Yeah, like, um, I think her journal and, like, a tampon. teeth. Uh, uh, yeah, God. Benji's phone's in there. The, uh. All these, like, weird things from his shitty murders. And yeah. so, of course, she's, like, I think she's sitting on the toilet. Yeah. Um, when she's looking through this stuff. And it's, like, the one time she doesn't bring her phone into the bathroom. Yeah. And so, Joe gets back, and she's, like, Oh, uh, just peeing. Um, <laughs> and so, of course, she's, like, in a panic as she tries to put this stuff back up there. Right. And the fucking jar of teeth falls. <sighs> oh, God. Um, and it just goes everywhere. Joe, and, why do you have this? And it's awful. Why are you like this? And so, of course, she's trying to, like, clean it up and stuff. And he's like... How dare my woman take time in the bathroom? Women never poop. I don't understand. I have pancakes ready. <laughs> Anyways, so she's, like, trying to, like, leave the room and stuff. And, um, obviously it doesn't work. Because yeah. the next scene is her in the fucking, like, book, the, like, book cage, the, basically. The glass cage of emotion. <laughs> Yeah, the, like, book dungeon, basically. And it's just, like, all I could think about in this moment is I think the last time that we checked in on Beck, she was still on, like, a social media hiatus or whatever. Yeah. So, is anyone even going to notice? God. Ah! (laughs) I'm Mm so, like... Oh, God. Okay. Um, and that's, like, yikes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's it. That's uh, that's where this fucking episode has the audacity to end. <sighs> God. I can't believe it saves for the last two episodes to get, like, jam-packed. That's disrespectful. Yeah, it is. That was, like, dense. Yeah. So, next week is the last episode from the first season, episode 10. Woo. Ow, ow. Um, what do we want to do to thank our patrons this week? Oh, excellent question. Thank you. Um, do we want to do titles of the episodes of you in this season? Oh my god, yeah. Thank you. I'm very smart. 
<laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> thank, thank you. Okay. Why don't you start? Let's do it. Shout out to Aaron Salinger. A $10 sponsor who's also gonna be the last nice guy in New York. Ugh. I mean, <laughs> Aaron, you're great. Sorry. No, yeah. Aaron is the last nice guy in New York. Joe can suck a dick. Yes. Yes, I agree. All right. Um, shout out to Alex Blay. Ooh! Alex, you are everything ship. Yeah, baby. Hell yeah. Shout out to Marie Mooney. Bow, bow, bow. Who is the captain? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember that one? God. <laughs> no, I don't want to. <laughs> we thought she was going to fuck her dad. <laughs> we were all so fooled. That would have been a more wild season, honestly. That would have been a more interesting plot. <laughs> I agree. All right. Shout out to Taylor Brown Town Lawner. Salute. Braver than the Marines. Um, and Taylor, you're going to be. You got me, babe. Ooh. Shout out to Katie Weber. Ow, ow, ow. Who is living with the enemy? Holy shit. Whoa, the call's coming from inside the house. Oh my god. <laughs> For Katie Weber. Alright. Um, Simon, holy shit, I'm yoked steel. Um, okay, well, I'm gonna give Simon his own woot woot. Ooh, ow, 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 I'm so sorry. Ow, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You sound like a small dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel about Simon Steele. <laughs> um, Alright, Simon, you're going to be pilot, because that's how I feel about you. You are a pilot. Hell yeah. Um, you are guiding you... this ship. <laughs> I mean, this plane. <laughs> yes. Did you... Hey, did you know that in New York, sirens never stop? Yeah. The city never sleeps and the sirens never stop. I didn't know that sirens could stop until I moved out of New York. That's real. Yeah, hey. Uh, alright. This week. Uh, <laughs> surprisingly, this fanfiction is brought to you by Taylor Browntown Lautner. And. Ow! It is written by the Live Ship Paragon. It is titled, I Saw You. Yes. Summary goes, oh, it was written on January 15th of this year. The summary goes a little bit like this. A lover of books and the ambiance of old bookstores, you find Moonies after moving into the area and are thrilled to discover a helpful book clerk. Joe, on the other hand, has just discovered his new obsession. Chapter warnings. Some derogatory sexist comments. Oh. <laughs> um, this is from Chapter 1 The Great Red Dragon Alright Yikes Alright You're in the F through K Section now And I can see your phone screen Out of the corner of my eye I'm expecting the phone To end up on Instagram With some inane hashtag like Hashtag vintage or hashtag mood. What even is a fucking mood anyway? And why do all of you feel the need to express it to the world? Nobody just feels anymore. We have to announce it. But wait, you're not uploading it to any social media. You just set it as your lock and home screen. There's a long exhale as every muscle in your body relaxes. And maybe, just maybe, you feel comfortable here. Like it's home. Then you look up to the books, putting your phone away in your back pocket, and now you're just begging me to follow that motion to your ass. Your jeans hug well, and I can see the faint outline of your underwear. Sensible cut, no dippling to suggest lace. You enjoy your comfort. That speaks to me. You're not trying too hard. Your hand reaches up, scanning along the row of books. Where will you stop? There's a brief moment where you hover over Thomas Harris, Red Dragon. You like your thrillers, huh? Maybe you fantasize about a sense of danger. Maybe that's what gets you off. I 
make a mental note because you're probably the type of girl who likes the brooding and mysterious man, possibly a silent-ish protector. Then you pluck a Robin Hobb book out, a fantasist. You like your fantastical worlds and mythical creatures. Who hurt you so much that you have to escape into high fantasy books? I would make them pay. You deserve to be happy. Then again, you could just be whimsical. After all, what girl in this day and age just takes a photo for her own personal viewing? Excuse me, you turn to me, big eyes, such big, innocent eyes. Do you have the mad ship? Maybe I'm going mad myself, but I can't see it. End scene. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's a lot. Anything with Joe at this point um, is uh, a lot. Yeah. No, no, no thanks. That's a no and for we... me, dog. <laughs> That's a no for me, dog. <laughs> yes. Okay, out of the OG American Idol cast, you're... Oh, God. How can I'm, I pick? I'm definitely... Oh, you're God. A Paul, you're a Paula Abdul for sure. I'm definitely Paula. Who am I kidding? But you do have some flair of Randy Jackson for sure. There's a little See, I was going to say, I definitely feel like I'm a Simon Moon. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, okay, hold on. I'm I'm a Simon Cowell son. <laughs> I'm a pa, um, I'm a Paula Moon. I think I'm a Randy Rising. Yeah, I feel that. How about you? Um, I'm a Paula son. Yeah. I'm a riveting. <laughs> I am a Simon Moon. Yeah. And honestly, I'm a Simon Rising. Yeah. No, I get it. That's that. That's that. Double Scorpio. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, let us know your OG American Idol, uh, <laughs> charts below. Please and thank you. Um, and as we say in Seattle, <laughs> and, um, get whipped. Ooh. This is an Earbud Media production. You can find us on Twitter at Earbud Media and listen to the rest of our shows. You can find this show on Twitter at Into the Twilight, as well as IntoTheTwilight.show. You can send us an email at IntoTheTwilightShow at gmail.com. You can also become a sponsor of the show or buy some merch at IntoTheTwilight.BigCartel.com. Our art is done by Maddie Padilla, who you can find at YourGhostToast44 on Instagram. And our music is done by Eli Krauss, you can find at EliSourKraus and KrausFilms.com. The intro and outro is by KB Smith, you can find at kb underscore underscore smith on twitter you can find ally on twitter at into wild places and you can find me at dyke discourse you've been listening to earbud media production earbud media audio for everyone